0: Dinosaurs. Well, if you're different, you're wrong. Because you come on too strong.
1: Strong. Hey, strong, and you grown up, all. Hey, Lord, up all I see you come on strong, and you up all, hey, Lord, up all. Yeah. People always put you down about the way you feel, and I come the you have no feel? Because you come on.
2: You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. That was The Rabble, Jack Layton's favorite band with you. Come on, too strong. Today on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Fleet Foxes and an interview with Tom Morello to prepare you as we always do in an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show, for Fleet Foxes. Here is Dawn and the Good Times with I'm Real featuring Don Galushi, who at one time played in The Kingsman and also was subject of a Mummy song, Don Galushi's Balls. Here's Dawn and the Good Times and in the Fleet Foxes. <laughs> ¶¶
3: I'm uh, Robin Pecknold. I play in a band, Fleet Foxes.
2: And Robin, who do you have beside you?
3: Josh Tillman, also in the band Fleet Foxes. You really just said it all. I did. Yeah. All of it. Welcome
2: all. to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Thank you. And I mentioned Vancouver because you were just on the Letterman Show a little while back.
3: Right, but they're not really connected.
2: Uh, Yes they are, because you were on with Seth Rogen. Oh, okay, he's from Vancouver? He's from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So how did the Vancouver Letterman experience go down? Did he get close to Seth at all?
3: Uh, The only time we saw Seth was he was dripping wet in his suit. He had just jumped into a pool that dogs were also jumping in. So we saw him in the Uh backstage alley.
2: Did he mutter anything to you guys? He go was, get
3: him. yeah, yeah. He Things said, "Go, go get, get him. go get him, guys." Yeah.
2: And Vancouver's pretty wet, so you had like a Vancouver experience, a Northwest experience.
3: I didn't think about that at the time, but I think now it does seem that way. He was precipitating water. Yes. From his body.
2: So <laughs> you think about, it, you know, Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, and Northwest rain. You know, so yeah. it was natural. Yeah. Seth helped welcome you to the Northwest at the Letterman show.
3: Right. I mean, rarely is one in the Northwest dripping with water, though. Dave is great, though. D- the a... thing is, Nard, Dave <laughs> goes out of his way to make sure that guests like Robin and I uh, feel comfortable.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Just, it, it was nice. I, I appreciated the wetness yeah. a lot because it might have, it's, yeah. it's big cities. For two homeless guys like us, it's pretty intimidating, yeah. but Dave is great.
2: Are you bringing back the chair, Robin? Are you bringing back the chair? You know,
3: the chair... You know, I mean, I think, for me, well, to, to... Maybe you could br- explain to the people, okay, yeah. what is the chair, Robin? <laughs> to bring it back down to earth or whatever. I think the point of the chair, to me, or has been in the past, to make the show less of an entertainment, you know what I mean? So that the, the stage setup is completely boring and, and there's not even a chance to, like, get up and ham around. So that it's almost like, take some of the, like... Uh, visual aspect out of like, the, like you know that is necessary in a show.
2: Are you guys pioneering chaircore?
3: Entertainment by boring people.
2: Right. Yeah, which is the main tenant of chaircore. Chaircore, like the band the, do- the band the Dodos. Do you know the band of Dodos? Yeah. They use a chair they too, do- don't they? Because he's
3: doing that pretty complex fingerpicking, like John Fahey stuff. You know. Um, and so even
2: did- even Mackay from the Evens, he sits on a chair.
3: Robin and I are make up two-thirds of the faction of this band that sits in chairs, so I kind of resent being overlooked in this category okay. because I also sit. Josh also sits. I sit in a chair. Well, yeah. it's a stool.
2: I just think it's great.
3: Chaircore. You're chair bringing back chaircore. I don't know the musical, what that says musically. You
2: I know? just think it's great. On Letterman, chaircore. Right. All yeah, m- all was-
3: music that's made while sitting in chairs sounds identical. I think we can all agree <laughs> on that, Nard.
2: When you guys are up there playing, sometimes I hear you doing this, and I see you doing this. What's that? Are you bringing back that, the finger in the ear? I don't think that's something that I do ever. Um,
3: I get these terrifying (laughs) demonic voices in my head while we're singing, and in order to block them out, because they try to escape, so I have to keep them at bay, you know, I silence them this way.
2: Because that's really hard for the monitors. That's why you do it, right? For the, why do you do that? Because, right. you know, well, why do bands do... Because I've seen the guy like from the Dickies, Dickies always did that. Okay. I, I'm, okay, well, I think you do that because you can hear from
3: inside your bones. You can hear through your face bones better if you have closed your ear, you know? Like, I'm sure you have, if you do it right now, you'll experience that same Listen how loud of, I am right now. <laughs> Listen how loud I am right now. You know? Listen how loud I am right now.
2: Learning about chair core and ear core from ear Fleet... Core. Boxes. So, Robin, Josh, Fleet Foxes, would you ever go electric?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, electricity um, all the time. All the time. I mean, I think there are no. There's nothing strict about the current instrumentation.
2: Will there be a backlash when Fleet Foxes goes electric?
3: I don't know. The I don't know. drums. I don't, it's Electri- going to take people the, a yeah, while to get, to get used to get the electric drums. Drum, drum, drum kit. Yeah. Yeah. If we go disco, I think there would be more of a backlash. But there would have to... I think there's already enough backlash as it is that maybe when we go electric, there will be an anti-backlash. Acceptance. Of acceptance. Ultimately, an acceptance backlash. Yeah. First
2: denial, then acceptance. Right. Yeah. Fleet Foxes, I have something for you. What do you think your connection to this book right here is? Dance halls, armories, and teen fairs, We're Robin. We're teens. We're teens. You have a really close connection. Open up to this section right here, and what do we see right there?
3: Uh, uh, f- 60s, the, oh my gosh. That, well done, my friend.
2: What are we looking at, Robin? Could you please explain? The band, the...? The Fathoms. Featuring? My dad. Which one is your dad in there? Could you please point to your dad? But he's not in that picture. He's not in that picture. But that is his 45 listed.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in this band, but I don't recognize him as any one of those guys. Unless it's him, but I don't think that's him.
2: Would you recognize Robin's dad?
3: Oh, yeah. You know my dad better than I do? Which one is my dad?
2: While was looking for that, could you explain go what's going on? This is your dad's band from the 1960s. Right, yeah. Called the, f-
3: the Fathoms.
2: Called The Fathoms, which yeah. I think is really amazing because yeah. you have that cool 60s punk connection and now you're doing 21st century punk. Right, yeah. What,
3: I did, mean, he, what did he tell th- you
2: about the band, like the 7-inch? Could they a song called Down to the Sea? What did he tell you about that?
3: Um, he said that they were like more um, of an R&B group as opposed to like a... Um, mm. A more All those guys. Yeah, that's cuz like the who they considered like all that mod all the early mod stuff was like they kind of thought of that as R&B too.
2: Right. Would you ever cover any of his songs like a 7-inch? Have you heard the 7-inch? Well, he has songs he's written since then. But how about the 7-inch, right. The Fathoms, yeah, that, down to the sea? That would be cool. I would I wouldn't mind to do that. And what I thought is really interesting, if you open this up That's again, good, this mom. dance halls, armories, and teas fairs all about the history of rock in the yeah. Northwest here. We open up to number two. We have a connection to Fleet Foxes with this band right the here, the Kingsmen. the Kingsmen. Now, what would be the connection between the Kingsmen and Fleet Foxes?
3: Is there an esoteric one besides just
2: being from the same place? It's pretty esoteric. It's pretty long-term. Okay. we look like the Burger King? No, what it is right there, the keyboard player okay. for the Kingsman, legendary bandit Louie Louie, yeah, yeah. was Don Galucci. One of Dan his- Dan Gallucci's dad? Yes, Are and- Are you serious? Yeah, no, not his dad, actually his cousin, like a strange cousin or uncle or something okay. like that. So how, what's the connection between Dan Gallucci and Fleet Foxes?
3: Well, Dan Gallucci was in the Murder City Devils who... Morphed into... Uh, Triumph of Lethargy, Skinned Alive to Death.
2: And the Cave Singers.
3: Oh, and the Cave Singers, yeah. Who you've played with. Constantly, but Dan Galucci's not in the Cave Singers.
2: No, he isn't, but still, it goes down there. So there's, the, co- there's the connection. A connection.
3: Yeah. Wow. I, I could have put that together had I known his name.
2: Now, if we look at this further, this again is Dance Halls, Armories, and Teen Fairs. This is just given, isn't it? This is amazing. This is the book that is just given and given. So we have your dad's band Fathoms. Okay. Oh, oh, no, uh, Fathoms. And then we have the Kingsmen with Kingsmen. the Cave Singers connection. Yes. Now, you're in the band Fleet. Foxes. Foxes. Now, look what also is in this book. The, the band, the... Woods. The Fleetwoods. The Fleetwoods. Again, one of the first bands to break out from the Northwest in the 1960s. Have you yeah. thought about covering the Fleetwoods? Because you've covered Fleetwood Mac. Right.
3: The word fleet is in our band name too. Why not? You know? That sounds good.
2: Now, you were mentioning about your dad being involved <laughs> in writing songs. Was he also involved in videos? Was he involved in the Ugly Kid Joe video? Oh my,
3: yeah. Yeah, I think he edited that video.
2: What video did he edit?
3: I'm not sure the name of the video, but I think he was in, he also edited like a Shaggy video.
2: I thought that was really interesting. The Shaggy Ugly Kid Joe versus Fleet Foxes. Yeah. So he goes from, so go from the garage band all the way to the Shaggy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> right, And, and yeah, Is it true it. that Robin is a big Dave Matthews fan? Huge. Yeah, 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 definitely. And that happened because of relatives. Your sister, right? Yeah. You're blaming it on your sister. Well, I think you can blame ugly kid Joe on your dad, but it's your sister <laughs> for Dave Matthews. Well, I think if
3: you're 12, you're and you're and you're like and you like Dave Matthews band. I wouldn't say I put their records on or find any particular enjoyment from them at this time now, right? But I, I. not would like to make that clear with a period. <laughs> but I won't. I will admit, sure. You know, when you're when you're younger, growing up, you know, many things can be interesting.
2: So here we have holding dance halls, armories, and teen fairs. But let's take it up to the 20th century, shall we? Hey, let's do it, Nard. Our- yes. You guys were profiled in the Wall Street Journal. Right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. From dance halls, armories, and teen fairs to the Wall Street the Wall Journal, Street how did, it, what's going? Wall? That's amazing. Wall Street Journal.
3: You know, the guy that wrote that has written a book about Brian Wilson. So I think I think he must be. He, he definitely, when I talked to him, he knew what he was talking about in terms of music stuff. I mean, I doubt it was someone from the Financial Beat that was interviewing me about it.
2: Your dad's single is called Down to the... Sea. Down to the Sea. Speaking of the sea, don't you get himself connections to the Vashon. Yeah. The Vashon Island? Sure, yeah. yeah. Do you know Rock and Rod from the band Rock and Rod and the Nines?
3: I don't. He's just lived there for years. Oh, yeah? I have a trailer on Vashon.
2: What can you explain about Vashon Island? It's kind of a unique place near Seattle. What can you explain about Vashon Island and Fleet Foxes, or is Vashon Island?
3: It's slow. It's really slow, and there's one stoplight, and I have a trailer there. You
2: take a ferry there, right?
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Right to my trailer.
2: Is it always overloaded? Have you ever missed a
3: ferry? No, never have. Never missed it.
2: So it's always on time.
3: I think so. There's one every 20 minutes or so. So you're
2: not a dictator for practices and stuff? He's never missed practices because of a ferry? Or did you guys jam on the Vachon?
3: Um, no. He's never, never missed, missed a play. practice.
2: Wow, together you said that together. That's amazing. Never missed a practice. <laughs> <laughs> Nard. Yeah. What I find also interesting is you mention a yacht club in one of your songs. Right, really? Yeah, you mention yacht club. A lyric. You say yacht club, don't you? No. I thought Robin says the word yacht club in one of his songs. Yacht club. He says I, yacht club
3: a lot on a like just a day-to-day day to day basis. Yacht yeah, club. The, the yacht but club. But I don't think I've I've revealed that particular. I thought
2: in one of your songs. I thought I heard you say. I wanted to hear you say the word yacht club. Yacht club. No. I, I also no, saw you said think... doggy bag too. Oh. Do you doggy say doggy bag? bag? Yeah. No. Yeah, you
3: do. The, we could get a doggy bag <laughs> and I'd take it to the, the yacht, yacht club. club. That song? Bit,
2: yeah. I thought I heard the word doggy bag in yacht club. I was just excited to use the word doggy bag and yacht club. But one word you definitely do use, Robin, is flabbergasted. Really? I've heard you say the word flabbergasted. Thank you for bring in In interviews in interviews. Okay. Thank you for bringing that word back. That's great. It's an evocative word. It's great. Like, not many people use Flabbergasted, do they?
3: It actually sounds like the thing that it is. Like,
2: (laughs) flabbergasted,
3: you know, onomatopoeia. It's onomatopoeia. Yeah, it sounds, it's the sound of being confused.
2: I wanted to write a song called Flabbergasted, but I couldn't think of anything to rhyme with it. Is there any way you can make a song called Flabbergasted? Something to, like, so it would be in the chorus, you know, Flabbergasted, Flabbergasted. What would it be? Do you have any idea? It it sounds really hard to make a song around, doesn't it?
3: I don't know that it's particularly musical. Robin,
2: you do know music quite well though,
3: don't you? I don't think so.
2: Well, you like some particular music. For instance, what can you tell the people about the importance of these particular records? Right here, Robin and Josh from Fleet Foxes. What do we have here?
3: Well, we have Switched On Bach. Which is? Which is an electronic performance of some stuff. I mean, it's
2: like, it's the Moog, right? It's the Moog record. This is one of your number one influences, isn't it? According to your MySpace page.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know. Being, like, cheeky about it, sure. You know? I mean, I think it's a cool record. I like and like
2: your second big influence is? i
3: would never heard this one.
2: Is what? Switched on? Switched on, on Country. So, uh, switched on Box? Switched on Country? What else right. do we have Robin? What else
3: do we have? Switched on Rock. The Moog Machine. Electric
2: Rock? And then what else do we have there,
3: Robin and Josh, from Fleet Fox? Switch Falcon. on Santa.
2: Switch on Santa. This is a
3: whole cottage industry I had no idea about.
2: And then your number one influence here, the, the sounds, sounds of love, love, from A to Z. Seriously.
3: Ascentuously synthesized.
2: See, when you mention these things, this is what you get caught this is, into. Yeah. This is the genre. Like, you're mentioning, you, you know, just, switched on yeah. block.
3: You can't just say stuff.
2: And that's I'm just only a sampling. Now. Yeah. That's only a sampling, of, but it's an amazing genre to tap into. I, I mean, so. we have a couple of your albums mapped out there
3: for you to do. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, like, a good... This selection here is a good roadmap for the future of the band.
2: And look at this Robin and Josh, you know, these are records possibly sampled. Now, speaking of sampling, have you been sampled by some rap bands, like the Saturday Nights? Didn't they use you guys for a rap beat? I heard that they,
3: they performed a song, or they performed something similar to a song of ours at a, at a show.
2: Because there is an artist called Stan Ippicus, and he has a song called My Fairest Buellers, and he uses a tiny little snippet
3: there of Fleet Foxes. Oh, really? In a, is it
2: like girl talk style? I think just at the very beginning, and then it's like full-on rap about my Ferris Bueller. So like you're yeah. ending up in rap songs. And I was thinking that seems kind of weird. But then I looked further, and you guys played a gig with Northwest legend Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yeah, did you play with Sir Mix-a-Lot? Were you on the same day as that? I think we might have played the same
3: event, but I'm not sure that we we didn't collaborate. you were on the poster with Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, but we weren't on the same stage.
2: That's pretty amazing. Seattle, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Vashon Island. You can't get any better than that. Vashon Island.
3: There's a lot. Yeah, all those things are nearby each other.
2: Fleet Foxes, also, you are bringing back a particular clothing item. Do you know what that is? Aside from the chair core, aside from the the in-the-ear core, what particular clothing item are you guys bringing back? Are either of us wearing it? No. The vest? Shoot. Yes, the vest, and that's what I'm wearing. You're wearing a vest. I'm wearing the vest, like I'm repping the Fleet Foxes. Yeah. Is this the right thing? How did you know that you're repping the vest?
3: I think, just speaking for the other, the other fellows. The vest-wearing faction of yeah. the band. I don't, I don't wear a vest. It's rare that I would be seen in a vest. I, but Casey and Skye. And Christian sometimes will wear a vest.
2: Are, are people coming to gigs wearing the vest? Because that's great, you're bringing back the vest. I don't know that uh, it's
3: a... I wouldn't encourage, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do that. I but that's a personal choice. Yeah. You know, I'm pro-choice on that topic, but I, I think that's not something you should go, you know...
2: Running some... up here, we have a quote about Fleet Foxes. <clears throat> it goes as follows. Recently, a band I really love is...
3: Um, Fleet Foxes. Fleet. Fleet Foxes.
2: Yes. Recently, a band I really love is Fleet Foxes. Yes. Said by Paul. Um. You almost said it there. Lee Shore. No, not Paul Lee Shore. No. <laughs> not near Shoreline, Washington either. Paul. Paul Weller. Paul Weller. Paul Weller. Wow. Speaking of dressing nice, the Mod Father yeah. loves you guys. That's awesome. So he might come in a vest. I could see him wow. coming in a vest because like oh, having. And they could, yeah, they could.
3: They could. Talk vests.
2: Because yeah. he is the sharpest dressed guy. He and is. to have him like you, that's like a seal of approval, right? So the vest might be doing something.
3: Y- yeah. Yeah. The other yeah, the vest. Uh, just to reiterate, I don't wear a vest.
2: Following rarely have. But well, like you're kind of dissing your bandmates well. or you're right now wearing a vest. Oh, no, he, don't, that don't, might have won over I'm Paul not, Weller. I'm not dissing
3: them so much as dissing, distancing myself from them. You well, know? Following that logic following that logic, like Charles right. Manson should be a big fan a virus too.
2: Right. You took the Duchess and the Duke on tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of well-dressed well dressed people. I think it's yeah. amazing. Duchess and the Duke like you think about the Funhouse. the Funhouse in Seattle, the Club of Fellows. These were like in the fee Five Faux Fums and the bands. And yeah, you're taking yeah. them on tour.
3: Totally, yeah, they were oh. great. Oh, you know a lot about music. I'm starting to catch on. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: I'm starting to catch on. The
2: Fe 5 Faux Fums were a great band, weren't they? And yeah, they yeah, kinda of so mutated
3: that was, that was Jesse's band.
2: From the from the Duchess. And the Duke. Who you took on tour. Yeah. Thank you for helping spread the love of them. Dude, they're so good.
3: Their record's amazing. Yeah. I think it's His lyrics are amazing. I think they're, he's he's a
2: very dark and cool
3: lyricist, you know.
2: Robin, we have another quote for you and Josh too. This is a quote from, this is the ultimate Alice in Wonderland weirdo mind F, through the rabbit hole brain blower. Who said that? I don't know. You said that. Oh, I did. Yeah, and regards to you getting 8.7 out of 10 for Pitchfork. Oh, really? Yes. That is an amazing quote, isn't it, Josh? It is. This is the ultimate Alice in Wonderland weirdo mind f through through-the-rabbit-hole brain blower?
3: Dude, he's very verbose.
2: Did you really have that memorized? That was incredible. You were like a mirror.
3: Well, when you see the playback, it won't be as, as elegant as it may be seemed.
2: Did that I was think? really great. That was great. That was you said in one of your blogs, one of your posts to Seattle Weekly. Oh, okay. In yeah. relation to you guys getting 8.7 right. out of 10. That's great. You express it away. a way. I love that. Well, I
3: think, you know, I
2: mean, you know, like
3: it's a, it's a site that I've read and, and uh, you know, appreciated. their.
2: We have so many great lyrics, you're like wasting them on a blog! Save that for a song! Alice in Wonderland, Mind F Brain Blower. Wonderland, Wonderland, Mind, mind. Blower, 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 I mean, that is incredible, and like you're just giving it out. You're like the Beatles, just giving the songs to the Rolling Stones, you know? Although I guess yeah. the Dutch and the Duke, they don't really need your songs. They're doing just fine on their own, They're right?
3: They're doing great on their own, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: Who's covering the Fleet Foxes aside from those rap bands that I mentioned? Have you seen um, any Fleet Foxes covers? I've There's some people from Sweden?
3: Yeah, I thought that was really great. Great.
2: That was, there was these girls in a band called First Aid Kit. And they they co- look much younger on the MySpace page than they do in person, eh? Uh, they look like they're like five or six in the YouTube video, but oh. when you look at them playing like on a show that looks to be like a Sally J. Raphael type show, they look a lot older.
3: <laughs> um, I think they're like 15 and 17, I think. Okay, but they look like five or six, don't they, in that video? I mean, physiologically, no. You know, I mean, like, height-wise. I mean, just the form of a five or six-year-old is far different. Their hands. And you
2: can look young.
3: Yeah, just, yeah, even just the size of their their hands hands against the guitar. No, not to a five or six.
2: So, what's the name of their band, and who else is doing the Fleet Foxes covers?
3: Uh, First Aid Kit. What's the name of that band?
2: Yeah, Sam. Anybody else? I I saw one. Uh, I don't
3: know. Johnny Wrangler and the Four Notes, and then. and The Fathoms. Big big Mama Tweezy did... The
2: fathom, please cover The Fathoms. Will you I cover The really Fathoms, fun. your dad's band? That would be amazing.
3: I want to cover... He has written some other songs. He had a song he wrote in Alaska... It was. Yeah. People would play all the time. I wouldn't mind playing that song.
2: Now, do you need some extra songs to play? Because when you guys played the Sasquatch Music Festival, did you play your same set twice? Because you played twice in a day, didn't you?
3: Well, what happened was we had the opening slot on the main stage, and then when we got off stage, they told us that the Nationals' bus had broken down. And so they wanted us to play again in the Nationals' slot, because the Nationals, National wouldn't be there till later that night. So, in that we have
2: but... A few needed some fathoms covers to do that day.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no expect. I mean, again, that was my first show ever with the Fleet Foxes. True.
2: At the Gorge.
3: At the Gorge. So we were pretty limited to my ignorance at that point. Right. I blame Josh. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've been through all this. I took the blame, and I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry.
2: Does Josh know about the Golden Dawn? What is the Golden Dawn? You know, that was kind of
3: just like a failed...
2: Hippie idea. commune.
3: No, I mean, I think, like, the way that I thought about it, it was, like, me and my brother want, just wanted to, like, hang out with people outside of the context of just seeing each other at music clubs and, um, and also take away the weirdness of uh, having one-on-one hangouts with people that you don't really know. So you started an organization called the Golden Dawn. Yeah, so we started a fascist organization, slightly Zionist... Um mm-hmm. no, I mean
2: was I was like the name 'cause it once was a band called the Creatures of the Golden Dawn, really? you know I think there's some movies called that too, so yeah, I yeah. love the name golden Dawn Seattle, you know it takes me back to the good old nineteen sixties sort of feel there sure. Northwest you know the fathoms, et cetera
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think it was. The idea was that we would get together with people that we weren't super familiar with and just go do something fun. But we didn't get many opportunities to do that before we had to go on tour a lot.
2: Lastly, where were your promo photos taken? You know, the promo photos in that nice old house. Where's that nice old house? Or was that a nice old house?
3: There will be Blood House with the... Big archways and like, yeah,
2: you're sitting on like a giant chair and it's stuff awesome. like that. Is that a hotel? What is that? That was like the. It was like that's just my house. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, his place. royalties from Fathoms Records. Yeah, <laughs> I love that Fathoms also were on the Thumbs Down record label. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. But that was not my house. That's the office of a church on 10th in Seattle.
2: Was um, it hard to get in there? Or was that the Sub Pop connections that got you in there? No, is that my, the one thing
3: Sub Pop no, did we, that got you in a church? We, um, we had to convert. We had to convert. It was just in their lobby. Like, that was their lobby. I think it was, like, I think, um, like, Denny. It's
2: a really cool-looking church. Like, I love it. Like, I thought it was, like, a restaurant, a hotel or something. I didn't realize it was a church. I just, I, like, just, I've been fairly obsessed by that There Will Be Blood
3: movie, and so I wanted the photos to be in, like, some... Was it shot there? No, I wish. That That was shot at a pretty famous mansion, though. The end scenes in his... Decrepit.
2: Are you guys going to be in any movies coming up at all? Where's Fleet Foxes? music going to turn up? Have you approved? Are you signed off on your music ending up anywhere? Not really. No. That's
3: been kept to a minimum. And that kind of stuff.
2: Lastly here, Fleet Foxes. We're not in the presence of Skyler, are we? Um, there he's over there, right there. He plays a bow I've seen on stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Which is awesome because, again, I kind of think of the 1960s because mm-hmm. the guy from the band The Creation, you know, Making yeah. Time, Rushmore, oh, yeah. he oh, played yeah. a bow. So yeah. you guys are bringing the bow back, too.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you just tune it to open D and then just kind of bow away and you can't really do what, What's the reaction when the bow gets pulled out there? People are like,
1: Whoa! <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think, I mean, it's fairly common, isn't it?
2: I mean, it didn't. It's not common to have the bow and the chair together. I think it's great. Right, the bow chair. What other bands have you played with? (laughs) Pulled out a bow and a chair.
3: Um, we played with uh, Frank Fairfield because he uses a bow on the violin and sits in a chair. Uh huh. So he does both at the same time. Yeah. What do you think about that, Nard?
2: So bow core. Bow core. Chair core. Chair core. Air core. Yeah, it's all. Fleet core. Yeah. And covered a Fleetwoods Uh and a Fathoms. Okay anything else you want to add to the people out there at all fleet foxes um i don't know i think you covered it better than i ever
3: could you went above and beyond our yeah.
2: well, well thank uh, you for uh, generating uh, all this information yes why should people care about fleet foxes why should people care i
3: don't know why that i don't think anyone should care about something unless we they like to... yeah caring caring caring, caring will passing. get you in trouble Caring think, will get you in trouble just this like. very two thousand seven. Just just like. Don't care. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, thanks much, Fleet Foxes. Thank you, Keep on rocking in the free world and doo 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 doo. Doo do do.
4: Good to hear it all to maybe we're not strangers after all I've seen an old man walking through the room with my guitar His fingerprints were bleeding on the strings And when he smiled, his teeth were shining You could tell that he'd been crying And so that smile just didn't mean a thing Well, I've added up all of the things you've done And I've taken a good look at the man that I've become And maybe we're not strangers after all
2: And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That was The Duchess and the Duke with Strangers. And they're playing tonight with the King Kong and Barbecue Show at the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The Duchess and the Duke tonight at the Biltmore. And before that... From Seattle, Washington, also Fleet Foxes. And before that, an interview with Fleet Foxes. Coming up, an interview with Tom Morello. But first, here are from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the Weirdies. She was a good
1: girl at the top of her, but she was- Had that day. Now she's a good girl gone. Yes, he's a good girl guy.
5: Are you my name is tom morello i am the night watchman tom morello welcome to vancouver british columbia canada thank you very much it's always a pleasure to be here
2: now tom you have a connection to vancouver to british columbia canada don't
5: you i i feel very connected but i'm not certain do i have a, like a child here that i don't know about kind of you have one of your idols
2: Did an album at the Peace Arch, Paul Robeson. What can you tell the people about Paul
5: Robeson? Uh, I'm a huge fan of Paul Robeson, and he's, for for a number of reasons. One is his deep, rich, baritone voice, much like my own, gives me a chance to be a singer in a world of tenors. Uh, Two, Paul Robeson uh, was a true Renaissance man, and he used his music and his acting ability to forward the cause of social justice and uh, racial equality.
2: And this particular record, check it out. Paul Robeson, live at the Peace Arch Park, Were you aware of that concert? No. That was in 1953 when he was banned from performing outside of the United States of uh, America, mm-hmm. so he went to the Canada-US border at Blaine and
5: did uh, a yeah. gig. Wait, you mean he was banned from playing inside the United States of America?
2: No, he was actually banned from leaving oh, United from leaving States water. of America. Right, right, right. So he went to the Peace
5: Because he knew what was going on, and they didn't want him to report back to the outside world. What yeah, I
2: it? didn't quite understand yeah, that. Yeah, they yeah, banned yeah, him from leaving the, the States,
5: States. Yeah, 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 yeah. instead of kicking him out of the States. Well, thank goodness I'm, I'm not under that same ban yet, so I'm able to be here in uh, Vancouver. Well,
2: take. actually, he worked around it. He was was able to do a gig at the Peace Arch Mm. at Blaine, Washington, you know, the border between Vancouver and Seattle, roughly, Vancouver and Bellingham, and he did a gig on top of a flatbed truck. Well, good for him. And that was live at the Peace Arch, 1953,
5: Paul Robeson. I've done one or two gigs on flatbed trucks, and so now I feel an even greater kinship with Paul Robeson. Thank you.
2: Tom Morello, did the good guys win? When? Last night.
5: <laughs> uh, the better guys won. Uh, the, I think it remains to be seen how good the good guys are once they're in office. Because we've had a, eight years of prideful ignorant meanness and it's going to take a lot to turn that tide back we'll see
2: tom what did you think about the election coverage i'm taking this paul robeson record sure. and i'm replacing it by this the seven election cups what do you think of stuff like this
5: uh i was unfamiliar with the election cups but this was
2: the seven election
5: the oh, seven except like 7-11 7-11 oh.
2: had these cups yes. you can buy an obama cup or you okay. can buy a
5: Well, that would be a McCain cup there. A McCain cup! This now is relegated to the dustbin of history, though. (laughs)
2: Boom! No, it's a rare collector's item. But this was
5: 7-Eleven getting involved in the election. What do you think about that sort of stuff? Well, there's a saying, uh, you know, in capitalism, you know, give them enough rope and they'll eventually pour a hot drink in themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. I'm paraphrasing, of course. The
2: results were shockingly accurate, though.
5: Yeah, the real... I was... uh, I was quite certain that there'd be some way that they would wiggle out of Obama not being president. It's a pretty amazing. I mean, they, keep, they need to keep his ass in the Pope mobile, though, and for maybe four straight years.
2: Is that where he was up on stage? Was he in the Pope mobile up on stage? Was there
5: glass all around him there, or not? There was a glass around, but he needs to get in that Pope mobile and stay there, as far as I'm concerned.
2: There's no glass all around your drummer, is there? In the Night Watchman? Is there? Sometimes that happens. Like on Saturday Night Live, you yeah. get in a Pope
5: mobile, don't yeah. you? I don't like that glass when it's around the drummer. No, we don't have it. We're old school, analog, punk rock style. No Pope mobile around the drummer tonight.
2: Now, Tom Morello, here we have the seven election cups, yes. you know, a way of covering election. That's 7-Eleven, their yes. ode to the election. What about <laughs> CNN? Did you watch any of their coverage last night at all? I- For instance, the hologram. <laughs>
5: I didn't see the hologram.
2: There was a hologram. It was, and I quote, CNN, Jessica Yellen live via hologram from Chicago. (laughs) I didn't see that. That's like Princess Leia. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They had a live hologram there. She was actually delivered via hologram. What do you think about the technology, the coverage of the election?
5: clearly it's a brand new day when when reporters are uh, beaming in via hologram and we have an African-American president. Anything's possible. And seven election cups. You're more excited about that than I am, frankly.
2: Tom Morello. You have a song called House Up In...
5: House Gone Up In Flames.
2: House Gone Up In Flames, which has the lyric, it's in Colin...
5: Powell's Lies.
2: Colin Powell's Lies. Now, Tom Morello, was Colin Powell lying when he endorsed Obama?
5: Oh, he was certainly lying when he stood before the United Nations and lied about the weapons of mass destruction. It's really, I I think that he was trying to make amends with his Obama endorsement for that sin before the world. It's really embarrassing. He's a guy that I don't uh, agree with a good deal of what he says. He's a person that seems to have personal integrity, except on that one moment when he was on the world stage. And it's a pretty embarrassing moment. So he's trying to uh, make uh, amends for that now, I'm pretty sure.
2: So can he be trusted endorsing Obama? Does he want to get on cabinet or something like that?
5: His endorsement didn't really switch. Me, one way or another, frankly.
2: Tom Morello, you did attend the Democratic National Convention, didn't you?
5: I attended the Iraq Veterans Against the War protests at the Democratic National Convention. No. Two very different events.
2: But it wasn't the same city, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Was Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys there, too?
5: He absolutely was, yeah.
2: I saw a speech of his that he did where he actually told people at the Democratic National Convention not to vote for Obama, to tell people to vote for Nader.
5: Hmm. That's uh, a. I. Can understand that sentiment.
2: And one of his reasons was that Obama endorsed the Patriot Act. What do you think about that, Obama and the Patriot Act? What is the Patriot Act? Should we be scared of the Patriot
5: Act, Tom? I think you should be terrified of the Patriot Act. And I think the fact that uh, Obama did endorse it, as well as first of all, you can't run for president of the United States of America and hope to be elected without being in favor of some war and in favor of scaling back some civil liberties. That's just how it works in our country. It's you know, there's a if you want to win Ohio. YOU BETTER WANT to be in, You have to be in favor of the Patriot Act. Um, that's why I think that uh, musicians like Jello and myself have a great advantage over politicians, that we can speak in an unfiltered way about what we think, Like much like yourself. Well, thank you're, a, you're about as unfiltered as it gets. Well, can I put my gosh darn cups down?
2: Uh, yes, you can, thank actually. Please thank preserve you. those, because those are going to go straight on eBay. They're on the table. Actually, but they'll be at a discount. It'll be really easy to get those, won't it? Okay, can I have the Paul Robeson record? Um, we'll talk about that later there, Tom Morello. All right. All right. We'll negotiate. But Tom Morello, continue on. Obama, yep. he's also good friends with Warren Buffett, millionaire mm-hmm. Warren Buffett. Should we be
5: afraid of Warren Buffett? I think we should be more afraid if he were friends with Jimmy Buffett. Because I think that... Uh, boom, I think that, uh, you know... May... He would infect people with his money and his song. <laughs> that's right. If there's a cabinet position open for Jimmy Buffett, I think that's when I may once again vow to move to Canada.
2: Now, what I was curious there, Tom Morello, Republican National
5: Convention. You were there too, weren't you? At the protest there, correct. Yes.
2: And you ended up trying to protest, but you ended up having this thing a cappella.
5: That's correct. we were actually when Rage Against the Machine arrived to play our Show at the protests at the RNC, we were surrounded by riot police who told us an interesting thing. To tell someone in a country that has a uh, protection of free speech, they said, "If you approach the stage to sing your songs, you will be arrested." Now imagine if something like that happened in Beijing during the Olympics, and a musical group who was critical of the government was told by the authorities that they would be arrested for singing their songs. It would have been an international human rights incident. This did not happen in Beijing. This happened in Minnesota.
2: However, Tom Morello, you've been to a few protests in your time, haven't you?
5: Yes, I'm yes.
2: So did you not suspect that the power might be pulled? Why weren't there backup generators? Would you do that next
5: time? Well, it, was, it wasn't so much a, much a matter of backup generators. It was a phalanx of riot police physically barring the band from getting to the stage. However... So the plug wasn't pulled then, in other words? I think they also plug, pulled the plug because when they got a good look at Timmy C, who's the bass player, and a very strong person, and some of our security guys, I think they thought we might actually be able to take them, hogtie them, and make it to the stage so they better pull the plug as well.
2: Was there once a motorboat escape with Tom
5: there was That was that was at the uh, G8 protests in Rostock, Germany, when uh, the Night Watchman was the only American artist performing on that day, and I did have to run the uh, b- the police boat barrack blockade on the Baltic Sea in order to get to the show. Did was, you get seasick at all? It was very Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Did you get seasick at all? I didn't get. I was no. I, my stomach was calmed with revolutionary fervor.
2: Tom Morello, on your brand new CD, you have a song called Saint Isabella.
5: St. Isabel, yes.
2: And you are a saint, aren't you, Tom Morello?
5: No, but my dear departed Aunt Isabel was. But you're a nice guy. You're a nice guy, aren't you? To hear you tell it.
2: Now, Tom, I think you are pretty nice, because do you remember playing with Rage in Baltimore a gig where there were cops protesting outside a gig that you were playing?
5: That was not an uncommon occurrence during the history of Rage Against the
2: Machine. So there were some cops protesting outside of one of your gigs, and I heard that you, just to kind of screw with the cops, bought the cops coffee and donuts to
5: help with their protests. There were actually about 300, uh, 350 cops uh, who were picketing the Rage Against the Machine show, and we bought them three. 350 donuts so we figured if they weren't going to be out serving and protecting the people of baltimore they might at least be well fed and they had no idea that you guys bought it nobody did that oh no they absolutely sent a note we sent a note from signed love rage against the machine here's your donuts
2: Tom Morello, winding up here did your mom really know ice tea and two
5: live crew my mom does know Ice-T and 2 Live Crew. <laughs> Did they
2: come over for dinner?
5: Like when you were growing up, was Ice-T and 2 Live Crew up at your house? No, it, it was sort of, my mom met them through my you know, uh, contacts in the world of hip-hop, but she's still very good friends with Cypress Hill and other rappers.
2: Now, I was curious, what is your rap handle? Because I thought you were, quote, rappers are in danger. Is that you?
5: No, I would be Skinny T. That would be my moniker. And this is my set, Libertyville, LBV.
2: Because oh. I see that you contributed, apparently, I don't know if this is internet rumor, to the soundtrack of Dangerous Ground. And you were Tom Morello, a.k.a.
5: Rappers Are in Danger. No, the song is called Rappers Are in Danger. It's a KRS One song that I remixed.
2: I just love that name, Rappers <laughs> Are in no, Danger. I, I say it. I, I do, I, it's just totally amazing.
5: <laughs> you love to say it a little more than I love to hear it, but it's fine, we're all together.
2: Tom Morello, you also have a connection to the. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> what is the Tom Morello connection to the Dukes of
5: Hazard? I have a muscle car that is similar to the car in the Dukes of Hazard, but I'm not I can't wait to hear what you're referring to.
2: On your new record, you have a song called Iron Wheel. And that has also on a song
5: Shooter Jennings.
2: Whose dad is
5: Waylon Jennings. Who wrote the song? For Dukes of Hazard. There
2: you go. There's your connection. Did you know that?
5: <laughs> that? That there is a connection, and I believe I've now won the prize, the Paul Robeson record. Give it up.
2: Um, I'm just wondering here. Ex- <laughs> uh, I'm just, just just wondering here, Tom Morello. Though Shooter Jennings,
5: what can you say about Shooter? That's pretty cool. Waylon Jennings' son. Yeah, Shooter's lovely. He actually uh, was the engineer on the very first Night Watchman demos back in 2002. There you have
2: it. Tom Morello, the Justice Tour. Yep. You had Wayne Kramer of the MC5 aboard on that, right. didn't you?
5: That's yes. How
2: were your eating habits going on that particular tour? Because Wayne Kramer was with MC5. He made his band eat cottage cheese and T-bone steaks for six months straight in the MC5.
5: Well, I'm a grown man, and Wayne Kramer didn't make me eat anything I didn't want to on the Justice Tour. He's a lovely fella, and it was great to have him.
2: Did you ever boycott Taco Bell? Why should people boycott Taco Bell? I love the bell. Run for the border.
5: Um, I did indeed boycott Taco Bell when they were uh, not. The the growers who picked the lettuce and the tomatoes for the tacos were being very very much underpaid and abused, treated like virtual slaves. So for a while, it was the thing to do to boycott Taco Bell. I believe now, once again, you can enjoy your chalupa guilt-free.
2: Tom Morello. lastly, you're winding up.
5: Boots, who's on this tour with you right now? Boots Riley.
2: Do bad words get boots in trouble? Can bad words still get you in trouble? I heard that bad words got boots in trouble. Can you get in trouble with bad words?
5: Apparently, I think he got, it was Bonnaroo or somewhere where boots... I don't think the words were any better or worse than the words at any other coup show, but uh, we'll find out tonight. Did you cause Metallica to get a psychiatrist? <laughs> I didn't cause Metallica to get a psychiatrist, but the the performance enhancement coach, who you see in the movie Some Kind of Monster, was referred to them by Metallica's management, who at the time was also managing Audioslave, a band in need of a psychiatrist.
2: Because they were afraid that, you know, they were going to lose Audioslave, they're afraid that lost Rage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Yeah. so they hired a psychiatrist for Metallica, so you helped save Metallica!
5: Absolutely. It's actually the guy, how I met the, the guy, Phil Toll, who's a, who's a wonderful dude, he was a performance enhancement coach for the St. Louis Rams football team. You can you put this in your nose and ask somebody else later about this. For the, for the St. Louis Rams football team, uh, I'm a fan of the team. We spent a lot of time around the team. And I was, I'd ask this guy, like, what, what's your job? And he said, well, you know, a lot of times what keeps you from winning the Super Bowl isn't the lack of your physical abilities. It's your, like, sort of mental ability to get it together and do the best you can. I thought... You need to work with some rock bands, because rock bands are screwed up in the head. And he came over and sort of helped Audio Slave, but I think very much helped Metallica.
2: It's amazing. The unlikeliest sources, like the St. Louis Rams help Metallica, and then South Park helps you, Tom Rello, meet Joe Strummer. That's right. That's weird that South Park would be the person who would help. us weird that St. Louis Rams would help Metallica.
5: Now, what does South Park have in common with Dukes of Hazzard? I'll ask the questions. (laughs)
2: I'm, d- I'm not sure what did he
5: have in common <laughs> at that recording session i drove up to it in my muscle car which is very much like the muscle car in dukes of Hazzard, which joe strummer loved he loved that car he crawled around it and that's how we bonded it was very nice
2: <laughs> lastly here tom Morello, you're playing here at the commodore ballroom in vancouver british columbia canada yes. guess who's playing tomorrow night at a casino in vancouver
5: lenny kravis no chris cornell ah
2: is that kind of interesting? You're playing a club. He's playing a casino. Is that what the world's come to?
5: <laughs> I haven't been to the casino, so it's hard to say.
2: Did he once cancel some audio slave gigs because he had to go to designer jeans private show? <laughs> n- n- no. I remember there were a couple gigs canceled because he had to do a
5: private show for jeans. Oh, well, that, that may have been on his solo tour. We never canceled audio slave shows for jeans.
2: Well, thanks so much, Tom Morello. Anything else you want to
5: add to the people out there at all? I don't know. This has been a very interesting interview, and I thank you very much. You know, I'll tell you, I, I will add one thing. I was talking with some friends last night. We were wandering around Vancouver. And I was thinking, man, you know what? One of the things, it's difficult. When you're a Tom Morello political rock musician and you run into thoughtful journalists all the time who are normally interviewing rockers or pop stars, they've got to come up with a different set of questions each time because they do a lot of the same kind of interviews. When you're the political rocker, every thoughtful journalist thinks of the same eight questions, right? You just can't help it. So it's like, like Rolodex, card one, answer B. This has been a very thoughtful interview, yet with completely different questions, and now I'd like my Paul Robeson record
2: much there, Tom Morello. Why should people care about Tom Morello? <laughs>
5: well, that's a question they'll have to answer for themselves. I'm just going to do my best, continue sticking it to the man with my rock music and my folk music, and that is a dashing outfit you have on.
2: Well, thanks much, Tom. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do-do-do-do-do.
5: I'm not playing your little reindeer games.
2: Uh, almost! <laughs> that's a good movie too! Do-do-do-do-do.
5: Help me.
6: suffering, loneliness and grace, pain and love and beauty, laughter, death and faith, where the rising fortune meets the setting sun, I'm afraid my friend when one is left, it's just the same as none, I will always stand beside you, defend you and mend you, sanctify you, I'll hold you and keep you and fight beside you, and follow, God make her road true. Saint Isabel is coming through. God make her road straight. God make her road true. Saint Isabel is coming through. on the table, the radio's on the shelf, and thank you for the offer, but I'll sing this one myself, in reverential silence, the crowd sat in the pews, I climbed and climbed for hours, but oh my, what a view. God make her road true. Saint Isabel is coming through. God make her road straight. God make her road true. Saint Isabel is coming through. There's a museum in the Netherlands I hope to see again someday There's a painting of a woman gathering wood, it's almost dark In a world bereft of meaning, there's a flicker in the hearth. God make her road true Saint Isabel is coming through God make her road straight God make her road true Saint Isabel is coming through
7: to me
2: And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwire, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there Paul Robeson with Songs My Mother Taught Me. And before that, Tom Morello with St. Isabella. And before that, an interview with Tom. Morello on the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Coming up right now, here is a track by Wax Mannequin. Track two called The Price on his CD. Yes, he only has CDs. Maybe he has vinyl. I'm pretty sure he only has CDs. Well, from what he gave me was this particular CD. Thank you, Wax Mannequin, for the price. And right after that, something else also that I received, Green Go. So, on CITR, f 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this is Wax Mannequin.
1: the price since you last paid. the price the price is not the same and I'll play all of the price that's left to go all of the price that's left to pay. Somebody
2: still still listening to CITR radio FM 102 Cable 102 Vancouver British Columbia Canada and an a human Serviette radio show that was green go with a CD just handed to me they handed it to me and their song called watch your step and before that another CD handed to me by wax mannequin from his 2004 release the price Brian Adams on the phone Brian Adams on the phone Right now, to end the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, I have a cassette that was handed to me by Critical Convictions from Ottawa, Ontario. Critical Convictions is Max Vocals and colon guitar vocals. That's the person that does guitar and vocals. And Richard Drum's Ska Jeff Bass. This is Critical Convictions on a Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show from their demo tape. This is a whole bunch of tunes from Critical Convictions from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada.
8: Alternative, fight, smile, going regret the Consuming fucking different ways. My I don't care when you fight, I not I don't care.